0: This week on the Meg Rock Show, I was able to sit down with Amberly Lago. Amberly is a health and wellness coach, a TEDx speaker, a podcaster, a leading expert in the field of resilience and transformation. She is the best selling author of True Grit and Grace, and she empowers people around the world by sharing her story of how she turned her tragedy into triumph. A horrible motorcycle accident where she was actually told that she was gonna to have to have one of her legs amputated has allowed for her to teach people the resilience of being able to push through whatever they're going through in their life. Amberly was a professional dancer. She was at the top of her game, performing in all these well-known celebrities' music videos. And one day, her life changed. Because of that incident, she is now changing thousands and thousands of lives and offering hope to those who are also living with chronic pain. Welcome to the Meg Rock Show with Manifesting Marge, enlightening you with High Vibe spiritual guidance, interviews with high Vibe people, and those who practice different healing modalities around the world. I help women manifest more love, more self-love, more money, better health, and clarity on their life path. My purpose is to help you remember who the f- you are. Let's rock this out. Welcome, Amberly. I'm so excited to have you.
1: Oh, thank you. I am so excited to be here talking to you. And we started talking before we even hit record, and it's like, oh yeah, we're doing a, a podcast. <laughs> we got to start this because I just love talking to you. There, I just feel like we've been friends, and it's just forever, and mm-hmm. um, we haven't had a chance to meet in person yet but I just want to thank you for having me here. Um your show's amazing and I just feel so honored to be here and it's my intention to really give everybody who's listening some value some from some hard lessons that I've learned in life. So thank you for having me here.
0: Beautifully said. Well, I can't wait to I can't wait to dive in. So I always start with your story because we all have a story and no matter how put together we look and how you know, perfect, we may seem, we all have those cracks that I think ultimately the end goal of the human experience is to learn to fill those cracks with gold and to see the light and the beauty and everything that we go through. So let's start with your your powerful story. And then, of course, we'll get to where you are today and um and what you're doing to transform other people's lives.
1: Well, I love how you say that because, yes, we do all have a story and we all um, are unique in our own ways. And as you were saying, you know, <laughs> how things may look perfect. I'm like, Boy, I sure don't look perfect. And I'm sitting here, I'm sitting here. I just finished, um, training a client. So I've got my workout clothes on and my foot, because I have a nerve disease called complex regional pain syndrome is on fire. So I've got one shoe off, I've got a, I look down, I'm like, I got a bandaid on my toe. My leg is all scarred up. And sometimes you just don't see, you know, we have, I was talking to my client about how, um, we have outer scars that people can see, but a lot of us have those inner scars too, that we, we heal. And I think it's important to share from a scar instead of an open wound. So it took me a long time to even be able to talk about, um, my journey and it took a long time for me to wear shorts and show my scars i was so embarrassed of the way that i looked and you know i grew up in texas and i was such a tomboy but and i think my mom put me in dance because it was the girly thing to do you know texas is big for sports and pageants and she i remember put me in a pageant and i had this big curly short hair and buck teeth. And I was so uncomfortable in a dress, but I did it to, you know, I wanted to make my mom happy. Um, But I loved running and track and being outside and nature. And I loved dancing. And so I knew from a really young age because MTV came out. Do you remember when those music videos came out and yes. night tracks came out? And I would we'd stay up till midnight watching music videos and, and dancers. And I remember going to this uh, dance co- uh, conference in Dallas and these dancers traveled from LA and they had a dance studio there. And I remember it clicking for me I could get paid to dance, to do what I love. And so from that point on, I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to move to California and be a dancer. I want to be in those music videos. And so that's what I did. I've been in LA. I moved out here when I was 18. I, you know, worked about four to five jobs. I mean, I did everything from scrubbing toilets to babysitting to I was the the lifeguard I taught dance I worked at the cookie jar and I saved up enough money to move out here and a lot of people thought oh you'll be back but a month after I moved to California I had I got jobs working at dance studios I got a waitressing job at two different restaurants and I was in my fir- first music video with MC Hammer um, to that song "Can't Touch This," which was like a huge deal, you know. Are you like
0: serious? My- that is too cool. I used to love MC Hammer. I mean, that's I know one of the, that's probably one of the most famous songs ever.
1: Yes, it. I was like, I've died and gone to heaven. This, my dreams are come. This is my dream. I am with MC Hammer right now, and you know what's so crazy? That the other day I was on Clubhouse in a room on a panel with MC Hammer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like oh my like
1: 30 years later, but you, do, you know,
0: I mean, there, that there's no coincidence there, right? Your lives just crossed, your paths just crossed again. Yeah. So it, it, obviously, you said that. Um, MC Hammer just hello. So you
1: know. Of course, he did not remember me. Yeah. <laughs> he did not, <laughs> did not remember me. I was just one of the many dancers, you know, but cool. it was a dream come true. And, you know, um, my whole life was dance and then i got into fitness and i had a company and that where i trained and i had trainers that worked for me and i was doing um, videos and infomercials i was sponsored by nike i was a nationally recognized coach and that all changed in a blink of an eye when i was coming home from work on my motorcycle and i was hit by an suv and i was rushed to the hospital put in induced coma and When I woke up from a coma, the first thing I learned was doctors said, we're going to have to amputate your leg. It's basically like a war wound. There's, you know, nothing we can do for you. We need to amputate, you know, you have a 1% chance of saving it. And I was like, oh, well, then there's still a chance. If I have a 1%, then I need to find a doctor that is willing to take that chance with me. And I honestly had no idea how hard it was going to be and how many months I would be in the hospital the first time, but, and I didn't know that it was going to change my life the way that it's changed my life, but surgery after surgery, um, 34 surgeries in total and months in the hospital, they were able to save my leg. Um, But then I was diagnosed with CRPS, which is dubbed the suicide disease because there's no known cure and it leaves you in constant chronic pain. So I survived this near death accident where my femoral artery was severed. My leg was completely shattered only to be diagnosed with a nerve disease and learn that you will be in pain the rest of your life. And not only that, the doctor said, you Are gonna be disabled. You need to go back home and get in your wheelchair. And I thought, well, okay, for how long? And he said, forever. There's no known cure, and um, that was devastating. And I was trying every kind of treatment. I was on seventy three homeopathic pills a day, eleven different prescription medications. I had had a spinal stimulator where they implant these metal leads into your spine to try to, to block the pain. I had ketamine infusions to try to reboot my nervous system. It's kind of like a computer that needs to be rebooted for lack of a better term. It's like your, your sympathetic nervous system is on overdrive all the time and there's this constant loop of pain. And I survived this accident only to slowly be killing myself by you know, with medication and by drinking to try to numb out the pain. And one day I thought this, I I am killing myself. And I actually wanted to die, but I was too afraid. And um, it was at that moment that I got on my knees and I prayed and I thought about my daughters and I thought, you know, They deserve a mother better than this. I want to be an example for them. And it took so much courage, but I asked for help. And I think that, you know, I come from a place and, you know, growing up in Texas where I, it, it was not the perfect childhood, um, And so I learned not to ask for help and to just fend for myself. And I think because I was sexually abused by my stepfather, and then when I had asked my dad for help and he didn't come and save me, I had learned that, well, I just have to save myself and I have to do everything on my own. But I think one of the lessons, the biggest lessons that my accident taught me was, yes, we do have to be willing to do the work ourselves, but- we don't have to do it alone in fact together we're stronger and so it's been a journey of learning and unlearning and um my biggest passion is to share what i've learned along the way with people because i've made a lot of mistakes and i hit a lot of bottoms and i don't want anybody to ever have to get to that place of despair or darkness that I was. And so it's really what I really love to do now is to teach people the lessons I've learned along the way.
0: Absolutely. Well, so right now, I know your foot is bothering you from working out. Do you, are you really in pain all the time? Like those doctor's told you you would be, or is, does it kind of come and go?
1: You know, I'm in pain all the time, but it fluctuates from, and it's, crazy. So yesterday I, I went to, um, uh, it's called a Brit Malaw. It's a Jewish like uh, um, ceremony where they basically, they, like, they circumcised their son. It's the first time I've ever been to that wow. and you have to dress up, you know? And so I can't really um, wear that many different shoes. Mm-hmm. So I put on this dress and I I had some shoes on and my husband was like, oh, that." looks like you're having a hard time walking in those shoes. And I'm like, well, I am, but I don't have any other shoes. This is all I have to wear. And I this is going to be a really nice event and I have to wear some shoes. And so I've had to change everything from the way I eat to what I wear. But really the biggest change I've made it because it, it transformation isn't just physical. It's not just the physical pain. It is spiritually believing in something bigger than me to help me get through it. It's emotionally like knowing that I'm supported and keeping myself grounded by having morning rituals every day. And it's really mindset. And Mm -hmm. I didn't really have any tools. When I had my accident, I had one tool that I used and that was I ran and I Literally ran from everything. If I was anxious, I'd go for a run. If I was sad, I would go for a run. I got those endorphins going and I'd feel better. Um, but I was stuck in a hospital bed for months and I went from being this elite athlete to being in a bed, I couldn't even stand up on my own. I had to ask somebody to carry a bed for me. I had bed sores. I had lost about 20 pounds of muscle and so I had to learn a whole new set of ways to cope with pain.
0: There was, no more, there was no more running.
1: There was no more running. There was no more running for my problems. And I think one of the reasons I started to drink, and I had so much shame around that because um, I was in the fitness industry. I was healthy and now all of a sudden I was drinking. And so, but I think that I remember when I had, my first, you know, not my first, I'd had wine before, but when I had my first glass of wine and I realized that, wow, I think I found the solution. This helps numb out the pain, but it also helps me stuff down my feelings of inadequacy and not feeling worthy and feeling broken and scarred and ugly. I mean, I hated the way that I looked and I had so much shame about, you know, from being a fitness model and being in Shape Magazine to all of a sudden, I'm completely deformed and scarred. And so um, that worked until it didn't. And I came spiraling down. And so I thought, how am I going to deal with pain if I don't have anything to numb it out? and the key was i had to feel it and i had to ask myself what what is this teaching me what can i learn from it how can i embrace it and how can i love myself a little more so i can get through it mm-hmm. and so there are like five things i do every day that help me get through the pain and i i like something quick. I think we all like something quick. I want a quick fix. I want to and there's no really quick fix, but there is a quick way that I can remind myself so when I'm experiencing too much pain or it's getting like why am I feeling? Why is my pain so bad? I really check in with myself and I have something called PACER and it stands for perspective, acceptance, community, endurance, and rest. And if I can shift my perspective And that's something I do every day from the minute I wake up in the day. Like, honestly, this morning I woke up, we're leaving town for 4th of July. And I've I've crammed a whole bunch of work in. It's going to be the first time I've taken time off of work in probably like two years to not work. I've traveled for work, but to go away for vacation. So I've got this really tight schedule. And I woke up and the first thing was like, Oh my gosh, I have to do this. I have to do this. Like I was overwhelmed, but the minute I switched that and I was like, no, I get to do this. And I mm-hmm. say a prayer of gratitude and gratitude is alchemy. And it's the quickest way to shift your perspective. And it shows you all the possibilities, possibilities that lie ahead. And it really changes For me, what I can't do into what I can do, and it changes, you know, what you don't have into what you do have. And so perspective is something I do throughout the day to shift my perspective, because it's not necessarily what happens in our world, but it's how we view it. Um, The A part in PACER is acceptance. And that was really hard for me. I didn't want anybody to know that I was in pain. Um, I did. I, I don't know. If it was because it made me feel like I was less than or I wasn't capable or that maybe I was, I don't know, but I didn't want to be a burden. I didn't want people to know that something was wrong with me. I didn't want pity. Exactly. And so... But acceptance, I think, is really truly the beginning of any healing journey, any transformational journey. We really have to take a look at what's going on in our lives. And until we let those feelings rise up to the surface, it will come out, pain demands to be heard, and it'll come out in every aspect of our life, in our relationships, in our career, in the way that we parent, in the way that we love, in every single way. So acceptance is key. And when you can accept where you are, and I started to share what was going on, it led me to a community of people. And um, that's the C in PACER. And I think that community is powerful. It might be the most powerful part of Pacer, and. I thought, nobody's going to understand what I'm going through. Nobody will ever understand. And you know what? If you're struggling, anybody listening right now who's struggling right now, I guarantee you there's somebody out there who is going through something, if not the same, almost the exactly the same. I mean, I felt that way when I was going through a divorce. I felt that way when I was you know, getting sober. I felt that way when I was diagnosed with this disease. And then I've been able to talk about it and share. And when you have a community of people, you can lift each other up, you can support each other. And I mean, I just feel that you're that kind of girl from the moment that I met you, I was like... You are like a a girl's girl. Like I can just tell from the, like, we can talk, we can support each other. We can, and that's so important to have that. So I'm so grateful, you know, for you, I'm so grateful for my community and, and your listeners. And, and then it takes endurance. And that's the next part of PACER, which endurance is really, I think, where your passion and your perseverance come into play. It's how you build grit. Um, it's tough being an entrepreneur and Hey, I have to say like your podcast is incredible. I know how much goes into it and it shows how much you put into it. And a lot of people that listen to podcasts, they might not know how much goes into preparing a podcast. Cause it's like, you find your guest, you research your guest, you, you know, you book your guest, you do the show, you edit, you put it on YouTube, all that stuff takes endurance. Whether you're an entrepreneur or whether you're a mom, like you and I are moms, and we're doing everything that we do. It's like, but how you really tap into that for me anyway, is I always remind myself. Why did I start? Why do, Why am I doing this? I feel like we all have a calling. And if you don't know what your calling is, ask yourself, what brings you joy? What makes you feel the most alive? What really energizes you? And a lot of times it's connected to something that you did when you were younger, when you were like seven, eight, nine years old. And I think it is for me, too, because my favorite, favorite thing is to connect with other people, especially, you know, when I get to go to conferences and I'm on a stage and I I go down in the audience. I love people because I'm like, we got this together, you know, and so I think um, I loved being with people when I was that age and, and dancing every Friday night, I'd go to the Dairy Queen and they'd put me on the table and I would dance after the football games every Friday nights. I'd do tap dancing on the foot on the table at Dairy Queen. And I'm like, I don't know why my mom let me do that, but I still love being with people like that and getting everybody filled with joy, you know, and then yeah. And then the last part is our, and honestly, that's the hardest part for me. And I, I was going to just call this the pace method, but I've learned the hard way that it rest is essential to be resilient, that we have to recover. And, you know, last night I was going to bed and my phone was dying and it's like, this is a sign I need to go to bed. Like just go to sleep, put your phone away, put your phone back in your office, go to bed And we've got to recharge ourselves. And if you really want to be resilient, we have to sometimes strategically stop. So plan things in your calendar, plan those breaks that you take, because I will fill every single hour up with appointments, clients, events. And and then I go, oh, wait a minute. Sometimes I don't even make it to my to-do list. And then, you know, you want, and you had a podcast, one of your episodes where you talk about burnout
0: Yes.
1: And I loved that episode and what you shared.
0: Oh, thank you so much. And it's taken me, I just turned 40. It's taken me until the past couple of years to figure that out. I mean, you know, and I've been talking a lot about that masculine and feminine energy, like to be a go-getter, to get, to get shit done. Like you've got to have that masculine energy, but you've also got to have that feminine energy of Flow and creativity, and not being a hard ass all the time, and allowing Mm -hmm. things to happen, not being hard on yourself, and and as an entrepreneur and someone that literally is on a mission to change the world, which I know you are too. It's like we can kind of have this uh, this mentality of I'm running out of time. Like are the things things I want to do, there's not enough time. I want to get it all in. I you know I have to fit it all in, and it's taken me into the last couple years to figure out that like literally that's the burnout part and you know in taking time for yourself and when you need a break and you need help asking for help because i've learned that too is i've been a i've been a go-getter my entire life a lot of that comes from my childhood of feeling like i had to take care of me um because i felt like i um just parents getting divorced and not being heard and you know i just felt like okay well it's just me i gotta take care of me so i've just had that mentality my entire life. But I really think that, that when we have that mentality, it's really hard for us to ask for help. But one thing that I've learned is, is that when we don't ask for help, or we don't accept someone's offering of help, we're denying them of their gifts. Mm -hmm. And we all bring different gifts. Mm -hmm. We all bring different gifts. So I'm really stepping more into that space. And it is so important. It's so important. It is. We can't, go through, we can't go through life with, with our body and just our mind. Like you've got to have that body, mind, spirit component. And if we're not taking time to stop and love on ourselves and listen to ourselves and nourish our spirit, our bodies are going to fail. Like we're not going to be able to do what we came here to do.
1: Well, I, I'm glad you have learned this and it's, I am stubborn, man. <laughs> I, you know, my husband says um, he's got a few loving terms of endearment for me, like crazy, stubborn, hard headed. And it took me honestly being in ICU for three days after my motorcycle accident, because I live with pain every day. I was back to work. I was trying my best to push and push and push through the pain and my back hurt. But I thought, well, let me put some Bengay on it. Let me wrap my back. I'll still go to the gym and work out. I got to get that workout in. So I'm at the gym working out. My back is hurting so bad that my thoughts were, well, my back hurts so bad that my leg didn't hurt that much. I can walk without a limp. Like I'm always flipping to the positive. Well, yeah, this sucks. It hurts. But anyway, went home, still hurting. The next day I felt horrible, horrible. I was booked to do a motivational talk at this networking event. And so I was like, I'm showing up. I committed to this. They booked me, went. I gave a motivational speech, got home. I told my husband, I said, I feel like I've got the flu. I feel like I'm dying. I made a doctor's appointment. I had enough energy to go get in the shower. I got out of the shower and I started convulsing. My body was like uncontrollably shaking. And I, told my husband, I I screamed for him, he came upstairs and he just put his hands on me to try to get me to stop shaking. He called our friend that's a doctor. He said, you need to get her to the ER right away. Got me to the ER and the doctor, I said, you know, I think there's something going on with my kidney. Did some blood work. He comes back and he goes, "I, I can't believe this. He said, you don't look like you should, you could be this sick. He said, I've got to admit you into ICU right now. He said, you're septic. I had a kidney stone that was passing that got lodged, caused an infection. And I was so busy pushing and with the grit and just go and hustle. I nearly killed myself. The next day I had two different doctors that came in and said, if you would have waited, one more day you would have died. And that was the scariest moment of my life. That was scarier than the motorcycle accident because I thought I almost did this to myself by being, you know, stubborn and pushing, you know, stubborn's good, but you got it. Like you said, it's about the grit, but you have to give yourself the grace. And until we do that, you will burn out or you'll end up in ICU or worse. You'll, I mean, I could have died and that's, that's what really scared me. And so I vowed after that to listen to my body, to not suck it up, but to embrace what's going on. And so I love that you share that you, you know, you're learning about the masculine and feminine energy and how you can bring that in together and, and have harmony.
0: Well, and I don't know, do you know much about sh- the chakras in the body, the energy wheels in the body?
1: I do, I mean, I don't, I'm not an a expert in that, but I've done a lot of yeah. of work with that and it's powerful and I want to do more.
0: Well, it's so powerful because if you look at that part of the body, which is the kidney, so um, we could be here for, for days t- telling you this incredible story. I'll just touch on it just a little bit. We started working with an energy healer about two years ago um, to help my stomach, my son with a stomach issue, and he's now a 10 out of a 10. If we had gone the regular route, he probably would have been diagnosed with autoimmune disease. And he's now completely healed. She doesn't take responsibility for it. She says, I'm just the vessel in which this information and healing flows. But she has completely changed his life, and um, and we've worked with her as a family for two years, and and she and I actually took an energy healing certification program with her. But she talks about that your body when there is a block, a kidney center is a block. When your energy centers are not clear, they're not flowing, and they're not in, you know, the perfect, the perfect frequency, like that high frequency of flow. Uh-huh. We create blocks, we create blocks and that whole area is, you know, putting pressure on yourself and not feeling good enough. And, and that is that imbalance of that masculine energy. Right. Wow. It's yeah. Like you've, got, you've got to be this powerful, like I got my shit together all the time person and you don't, you know, Oh, I was living a body. double life. Yes. I mean, our bodies speak to us. And that's what I want people to understand is yes, if you've had a kidney stone, I'm so sorry. I can imagine. I've heard they're so, 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 so painful. But I want you to figure out why. Why. Don't just treat it and start drinking a whole a whole lot of water. Yes, you need to drink water. But there's something why? bigger going on. It goes, it goes to your emotions.
1: It, it goes does.
0: to your emotions. And it goes to not feeling because when we don't feel, we don't heal there's a reason powerful. why we have to be so powerful. And there's a reason why we have to prove something to ourselves and prove something to the world. And why, why?
1: Well, and I love that you say that because you're exactly right. At that time in my life, I was, I would never wear shorts. I was trying to pretend like I was, nothing was wrong with me that I was normal <laughs> and I'm not normal. And, uh, <laughs> um, and, And I was trying to stuff down the pain and I was, you know, I was drinking to try to do that. And after that, I I wasn't feeling, and you do have to feel to heal. And after that, that really changed my life where I was like, I can't screw around with life is precious and we're not guaranteed tomorrow. So, you know, by the grace of God, I've got a little over five years of sobriety. And it's really changed my life. It's hard to feel those feelings, but it's possible. You know, transformation is possible. And, you know, hope is available. And I think that hope is what I was given um, when I cleaned my act up and started to see light at the end of the tunnel. And you know what? That saying I like, but I think that there's light inside us.
0: There truly is. That that's the reason. That's the reason we're here. We're healed. We're here to, I believe, we're here to, to elevate on our journey as a soul, to become more wiser, more loving, just to go as high in frequency as we can with intention, like how you start your day every day. And I believe so we have the ability to heal ourselves. We have the ability to heal others with the energy that we walk through life with. And then we have the energy to help heal Mother Earth because we have this agreement to live on her planet. And we are truly light beings. I mean, that's what we are. And when you learn, like what you were saying, Pacer, you learn to be intentional with how you start your day and how you respond to situations instead of reacting, our lights just get brighter and we attract more light. And our light expands. And I truly believe that's how, that's how we're going to to heal the world. And I, I truly, truly, even though the world is so dark, I think it's happening. I really feel
1: it too. Don't you? Yeah.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And it's so true. We, we attract, um, we attract what we put out there. And I think that all the right people, once you decide, like, I think it's powerful. Once you decide that you want a better life, that's when, Things start to fall into place. That's when doors start to open. That the right people come into your life. That um, that the universe kind that conspires to get, have your like. I think what is it, uh, Gab, Gabby, Ernstine. Yes. Yes. I'm like, there's, yeah, she says the universe has your back. And I love that. Cause I think, well, I thank God for me. It's universe yeah. God. And my good friend, Shannon always says, let Gus drive the bus God universe spirit. So uh, yeah, I
0: whatever you believe that. I'm like, there's something bigger. Yeah. yeah. Let Gus drive the bus. That is so amazing. I love that. Okay. So the the five things that you do in the morning, Um, is it, is it Pacer? Do you just start your day with intention around Pacer or do you actually get a cup of coffee or, you know, go sit outside and, you know, in prayer time and meditation?
1: Well, you know what? I, I, I do Pacer throughout the day. Like I, I, don't usually start my day. Um, with that, I do start my day and end my day with gratitude. But in the morning, I, it doesn't matter if I'm on vacation or I'm going away for work or whatever it is I'm doing. I always start my day with time for myself. And I think it's important for everybody to invest in their self. And, and I have people say a lot of times, oh, I'm so busy. I'm just too busy. I've got six kids, I've got or I've got nine kids, or you know, my sister has eight kids. Um, but for me, i think think it's really important to take that time for yourself. And so, you know, I wake up, I don't, I, I want to grab my phone. I'm going to be honest. i want to grab my phone. I want to check Instagram. I want to check my email. I want to see if that person got back to me and this and that. And I don't. Instead of consuming all this stuff, I really take time to gather my thoughts, focus on my intention. And then I have an accountability partner. So every single morning for the past almost two years, we've texted each other every single morning, three things or more that we're grateful for. And then I read out of a spiritual book, or it could be a self-development book. This morning I read out of like three different books and I'll screenshot something that really touched my heart. And I send that to her because it's one thing when I pray and I say, thank you, God, for allowing me to walk and get out of bed and and be able, and it's little things like Thank you, God, for allowing me to be able to walk and use the bathroom on my own for so long, I couldn't do that. And so I appreciate those little things. But then it's another thing to express that gratitude to someone because then you really feel it because there's days when I wake up and I'm in so much pain and I could easily just put all my focus on that pain. But the more what we focus on the that's what grows. And so I think that the more I focus on the good, the better my life gets. And so I intentionally not to say that, you know, I'm trying to ignore the bad things. I'm, I'm look, I have awareness about it, but I just don't want to be stuck and stay there. I want to focus on all the possibilities. So, and I think it's very essential for, for you to move your body. And that can be 10 minutes outside you know, sometimes I'll go for a walk. Sometimes if my legs hurting too bad, I still do what I can. I think it's important to start where you are, use what you have and do what you can. So that means I might be sitting on a bench and at least do some upper body weights. But when you move your body, it moves your mind. It moves your mood. It gives you confidence. It makes you feel capable. It really starts to build your grit and resilience. So I'm really big on moving your body because of it. in releases endorphins and that, that's, that feel good, you know, chemicals in your body that are natural. It's like a natural drug in your body that your body, uh, produces. And so, um, no matter what I do, those things or a prayer, maybe a short meditation. I I meditate more at night. Um, Mm -hmm. For me, it really calms me down and I'm terrible at it. I'm going to say, okay, I'm getting better at it. I'll reword that. I'm getting better at it. But because it's not one of my biggest strengths, I use an app and I'm not trying to promote this. I don't have any affiliation with them, but I use Calm and I like, because they have different meditations for, they have gratitude meditations. They have ones for, you know, feeling Um, calming down for sleep for, they've got all kinds. So that just makes it easier. So, and I I end my day with gratitude. And I always ask my daughter every night, get in bed with her. And I say, what's the best thing that happened to you? And I ask her, what's one thing you're grateful for? Because what we think about before we go to bed affects our subconscious and it affects the following day that we have. So it's just a constant like what we think about grows. And so focus on that gratitude and get grounded in prayer. I think there's power in prayer.
0: That's right. That's right. Oh my gosh. So beautiful. This was absolutely amazing. So tell our listeners how they can find you. I know you have a podcast, which is amazing. And oh, thank you. you. You just have so much to offer. So tell, tell our listeners where they can find you and what services you offer.
1: Oh, well, thank you. You know what? If if you were hearing about the PACER and you want to know more about it, you can download a free um, gratitude. Well, you can download a free gratitude gratitude journal on my website. But if you want to know more about PACER, and my website's amberlylago.com But if you want to reach out and say hi or you want the the free downloadable workbook, you can just text the word grit G-R-I-T, to 818-214-7378 and you'll get a free workbook and so you can apply it into your life. Um, but ha- I hang out mostly on Instagram at Amberly Logo Motivation. You can get my book on Amazon or at your favorite bookstore. It's True Grit and Grace. My podcast is True Grit and Grace and then I have a mastermind called Your Unstoppable Life where we come together And community and support each other and it's really for like-minded people who are paving the way to success and it's for people who want to learn how to use their story to make impact in the world whether that's through podcast or speaking or coaching um so yeah that's a little bit about how to but mostly you know what thank you for having me on and mostly i love connecting with people so if if anybody's listening and they're struggling like I was, reach out to me and reach out to somebody. You can reach out to me, reach out to someone. And I know that takes courage, but it really is life-changing just to know that you're not doing it alone. So I just adore you. I've been a fan of your podcast for a long time. And, and I really see you inspire me. And, um, I'm like, wow, look at, I'm, I always stalk your Instagram, follow mm-hmm. you there. So thank you so much for, for having me on because I really admire everything that you're doing and I feel really honored to be here. So thank you.
0: Oh, ditto, Amberly. I feel the same way about you. I'm so excited that we're now connected and, um, and I'm grateful to call you a friend. This was amazing and we will do it again soon. Thank you. If you thought today rocked, Subscribe to the Meg Rock Show podcast. Leave a review and let me know what your takeaway was. All of my social is linked in the show notes. Screenshot this episode and tag me on Instagram at The Meg Rock. For more info on me and to take my quiz to find out what energy blocks you have in your life and in your home, and maybe even coaching, go to manifestingmarge.com. Repeat after me. I am a powerful, loving, radiant, abundant badass warrior goddess. I am here to rock out this lifetime. It doesn't serve me or the world to play small. I am worthy of all that I desire. See you in the next episode. The Meg Rock Show podcast and all content created by Manifesting Marge LLC is created for informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of a physician or qualified help provider with any questions you may have for a medical condition or concern. Meg Schwarzrock is not a doctor or a therapist.